Hello and welcome to the Buff Chicks and Panic Picks Fantasy Football League podcast. I am your host and league commissioner, Brendan Dyer, and with me today is the owner of Just a Better Gaming Chair, Jake. Welcome to the show. Oh, thank you. On today's episode, we are going to review the week's transactions, recap the week five matchups, preview the week six matchups, and update the commissioner power rankings. But to start off the show, Jake, it has not been a great start to the season for you. You're sitting at one and four and second to last in points for talk to me about your team so far. Oh my God, dude. There's so many, so many freaking holes in my team that I don't even know where to start. Like putting the duct tape on the holes and patching the boat up. Uh, Damian Harris questionable. That's a problem right now, especially with Mondra Stevenson going off. Um, that last game. I was actually at that game, so that was really good to see him get 160-something yards there, but um, that's going to be a constant share of workload, so I'm not confident as much. With Damian Harris, the only upside to him right now is, you know, him scoring the end zone as well as he can. And that, the the really good thing right now is, I got it's Mike Williams only because Keenan Allen's out. Chris Olave was a complete risk drafting him. Logan Thomas is completely out. Let's see. I the other thing, too, is I only have so many good, consistent running backs. Like, all I have is Aaron Jones right now, DeAndre Swift being out. I mean, I, I'm at the bottom of a barrel. Like, I'm really trying to fight for spot and position in my division so I can at least make playoffs. I think that's kind of like my goal right now, starting. So I'm just having to trade up. Um, when everyone's healthy, I'm going to start making some big moves. Like, I mean, two to three people included in the trade each time I trade. Like, I got to really do some shifting and maneuvering. Unless someone can just make a saving grace. And the last thing overall that I'd like to say about my team is I am completely streamlining defenses and special teams. That is all I've been doing on that side. So, I mean, I have nothing else really to go for. I mean, I talk more, elaborate more later on as I'm, you know, going to analyzing week by week. But that's overall how I'm feeling. I, I It's just all over the place. <laughs> yeah, I mean, looking at your team, unfortunately, you only have one player that's in the top 10 of their position, and that's Mike Williams. Um, everyone else is really not showing up so far. Terry McLaurin ranked 30th. Travis Etienne is 37th. But I think the positive thing with Travis Etienne is he is getting more snaps in Jacksonville. He's on the field more and more every week, and he's taking some of that job away from James Robinson. So I think Travis Etienne is actually going to begin to produce better for you going forward. And same is true for Chris Olave. He's currently the number 16 wide receiver on the season, but really in the past two weeks, he's really become my number one receiver in New Orleans with Michael Thomas out. But even with Michael Thomas coming back, I think Chris Olave has made a mark. So I do think you have a pretty solid wide receiver in, in Chris Olave going forward as well. And to mention your defenses, you have the Giants defense special teams, which has actually done okay for a defense so far but i think at at this point yeah streaming a, a defense special teams is going to be the way to go for you yeah i mean there's no there's no other thing i can do i mean all of the consistent ones are obviously taken i mean you have when it comes to defense special teams i feel like you're only going to have the top like eight or ten be like super consistent other than that i mean it just depends on the matchups yeah and i guess for for one point of positivity for your team here is you do lead the league in points against. So everyone that you're playing has just gone off on you. So I don't really think that your record is truly indicative of your team so far. Um, you have 561 points for on the season, which which is second to last, but you also lead the league in points against, like I said. So it's tough to win games when you're constantly getting high scores put up on you. So I think it's going to get better for you. You're on a three three-game uh, losing streak, but uh, we'll see what this week holds for you. Moving on to the Week 5 review, we're going to start off with when, where, why, what's on trial, taking on Sky's the Limit in Nick. ESPN originally projected Chandler by six points. He actually wins by 12 in this one. Chandler's team led by Josh Allen once again. Saquon Barkley, Je Justin Jefferson, and Brees Hall, another great week performance here for Chandler, putting up 171 points. That's good enough for second highest on the week. Over on Nick's side, he's led by Patrick Mahomes, Cooper Cup, Devonta Adams, the misdemeanor guy himself, shoving a photographer for no reason at all. 
and the Cowboys defense putting up 23 points. The commissioner was correct in this matchup, and Chandler moving to 5-0 and on the season still remains as the only undefeated team. Next up, we have the commissioner taking on I Only Take L's. ESPN originally projected Derek by 10, and it is a 49-point victory for the commissioner. Has he arrived? I don't think so. 49-point victory, big one here for me. Wasn't expecting this at all. Had a lot of good production here for my running backs, finally, for the first time this season. Alvin Kamara, Dalvin Cook, and Damian Pierce all going for 20-plus points. And Kirk Cousins, my quarterback, going for 26. And uh, the wide receiver, Gabe Davis on Buffalo, filling in for some injured wide receivers there, going off for 34. And lastly, the 49ers defense with 15 points, getting that pick six here for the 49ers. I did mention in last week's pod that for the defensive matchups, it'd probably come down to a touchdown whatever defense the 49ers or the Buccaneers get a get a touchdown that's probably where the advantage is going to be and the 49ers did get a touchdown in this one outperforming the Buccaneers over on Derek's side he had Derek Henry with 32 point performance against the Commanders and Mark Andrews 23 point performance against the Bengals unfortunately that is the only two players to bring break that 20 point threshold for Derek finishing with 128 points Unfortunately, I was incorrect on my initial prediction. I did take Derek to win this matchup. So sorry, Derek. Derek moves 2-3 and three in the season. Commissioner, also 2-3 and three on the season. I'm going to add something to that. Um, I really think Derek has a really solid choice in Mark Andrews. Mark Andrews is just going to have such a solid year. Like That might be, besides Travis Kelsey, might be the most consistent tight end in the league. Besides him. Like, yeah, I, I mean, I, that's just such a good pawn to have on your on your matchup this year he's only been growing every year yeah absolutely and i i keep saying that the the tight end landscape this season is really bad and as long as you have kelsey and mark andrews those teams are set i mean that's it that that's the only two tight ends that have actually performed consistently this season and it really stinks when you see the guy or gal you're facing has one of them tight ends on the other side. I mean, you're automatically at a disadvantage. Yeah, no, you you assume you're going to lose that tight end matchup no matter what. I mean, anything but Kelsey and, and Andrews, you're, you're facing about at, at least an 8 to 10 point deficit advantage, like disadvantage. Like that's that's huge in fantasy. Like what what else are you supposed to do? Right, exactly. Yeah, I mean, I saw... I wasn't expecting to be without Kyle Pitts in general today, but Kyle Pitts has not been performing. He he is currently averaging 6.3 fantasy points per game. That is not going to get it done. So I was finally going to make the move, and I picked up Gerald Everett for this week, and he's been averaging 10.1. So I thought, well, well, heck, I mean, I'll, I'll go with Gerald, Gerald Everett for this one game. I know I'm facing Mark Andrews. I kind of need some guy to put up some points to compete with Derek, but... Go figure, Gerald Everett only putting up 1.2. Luckily, it didn't matter in this one, but it certainly could have had I not had other help on my roster. Yeah, you're definitely also picking Gerald Everett in in, in a core of like seven solid targets that Justin Herbert can throw to and be successful with. I mean, any one of those seven, six, seven players, I mean... I mean, who do you got when Keenan Allen's there? You got Keenan Allen, you got Williams, you got Palmer, Everett, and then there's one more I can't think of. But, like, I mean, you got such a sparsed-out offense. Like, I mean, how do you expect him to get all the focus all the time? It's You just had to hope the matchup works in your favor, and that's it. Right, exactly. And, um, you know, when I was trying to look for a different tight end for Pitts, I, I saw that with Keenan Allen out, it had been Gerald Everett with, among some others, that it kind of – stolen some of those targets away so i figured he'd be a good starter for for this coming matchup but uh certainly in this one even though this the, you know the Chargers put up 30 points and gerald everett only put up 1.2 fantasy points so Yikes. definitely didn't have the performance i was expecting here moving on to our next matchup another one bites the dust versus mac daddy ESPN originally had troy by three points and he comes away with the 13 point victory Troy, led by Nick Chubb, Tyler Lockett, and Ramondre Stevenson. What a guy to have right now, Ramondre Stevenson, with Damian Harris out. 
the door is wide open for Ramondre Stevenson. And Jake, you were there for this. So was Stevenson the the only running back that took over for uh, for Harris? I mean, yeah, basically. I mean, so what they usually do with Damian Harris and Ramondre Stevenson is they usually split split the workload, and it depends on like where they are on their set of downs. Ramondre Stevenson, the good thing about him is he's really good at catching a lot of good screens and going. Uh, Damian Harris can also go down as like a fullback, basically, if he really needed to. So, I mean, with Damian Harris out, Ramondre Stevenson is getting every different kind of look in the playbook the Patriots have. I mean, he's going... He can go up the middle. He can do a screen. He can do a, He could honestly do a check down. You know, whatever. I mean, he's gonna get. You know, he's gonna get whatever look that they need. I mean, there's not really any good solid, solid running back that the Patriots can really utilize. That's gonna be really consistent, at least in my opinion. 161 yards. I mean, alone is good fantasy points. I mean, you can never say no. Anything over 100 yards, your running back's doing all right. But yeah, game was good. Seeing him blow up go up that's good that's good for our team at least to yeah. let the running backs go off but that's not good for damien harris stocks i can tell you that right now no certainly not it seems like he's going to be out for a couple of weeks here and ty montgomery already on ir it seems like ramondre stevenson it's his job now and i think their backup now is only pierre strong who is a rookie uh fourth round i believe rookie for the patriots yeah, i can't remember the round but yeah i mean Pierre strong has potential upside but i mean i'm gonna be honest with you i would the way i've seen stevenson play even in his rookie year in the preseason going into the regular season the year before i mean i wouldn't even try to like introduce pure strong except for like maybe two or three different style plays other than that like i'm not i'm not putting him in you know more than 10 percent of the time i mean i would give Ramondre stevenson the rock as much as possible yeah, I, I tend to agree with that. I think Belichick likes to go with the people he trusts the most, and yeah. if Pierre Strong is going to see the field, it's probably just to give Stevenson a break. Yep. All right, is Troy coming away with 156 points this week over to Mac Daddy's side, and Hannah only scoring 142. Jalen Hurts with a really nice 31-point fantasy day, and Austin Eckler for the second week in a row putting up monstrous numbers. He finishes with 40 fantasy points. And as well, Leonard Fournette finishing with 37. Tampa Bay running back against Atlanta. Great to see there from them. Unfortunately, Hannah did have a couple of players really hurt her. Darren Waller, tight end for the Raiders, got injured very early in that game. Unfortunately, he might be out for a couple of weeks coming up as well. She's probably going to be looking for some tight ends on the waiver wire. AJ Dillon with only a four-point game, and Amon Ross St. Brown, probably the biggest surprise to me against the Patriots, only 5.8 points. You know it's the Patriots. They'd like to take away the number one option on the opposing offense, but I definitely didn't expect a 5.8 day out of Amon Ross St. Brown. He's been red hot of late. I expected better. I was actually going to be. I'm going to add add to that. It was funny because I was joking with John at the gas station before we went to the game. And I, I said this this could this game could go over. And he, I know Bailey Zappi's a starting quarterback. And I know Damian Harris has you know been fighting injuries, so he could get hurt in the game. Like this could go over. Like was it fifty two point five points overall total? Easy. I thought that game it was kind of going to be the game we were going to have, but I was completely wrong. We absolutely goose egged them. Yeah, and Detroit was red hot as an offense as a whole. I mean, they were just top. I think they were top five in scoring. Absolutely, uh, in yeah. the NFL, and they go to the Patriots in New England and goose egged. That's tough to see for for the Detroit Lions. There, it is Troy with the thirteen point victory, and the commissioner was correct on this pick. Moving on to the Don taking on this really is Kayla. ESPN originally had Joey by thirteen points, and he comes away with a thirty point victory. It is a hundred and twenty six to ninety six. Joey with Josh Jacobs and Travis Kelsey going bonkers on Monday Night Football. Josh Jacobs finishes with 34 fantasy points, and Travis Kelsey finishes with 34 as well. Great to see from them. Other than those two, it was quite ugly for Joey. Christian Kirk only finishing with 2.1. The Packers defense only 3 points. Drake London 7.5. Really tough there for the rest of Joey's team. Over on Kayla's side, it is not too great either. Christian McCaffrey finishing with 25 fantasy points. T. Higgins with the goose egg against Baltimore. 
Pat Fryermuth, or tight end, 3.2 fantasy points. Going up against Travis Kelsey there, That's you're going to need more from him in order to compete with that kind of production. It is Joey coming away once again with a 30-point victory, and the commissioner was correct in this matchup. Lastly, we had STST taking on just a better gaming chair. New Jake, ESPN originally had Sam by 19. I thought you were going to get the upset in this one, but it is Sam finishing with the five-point victory. A pretty close one here. Over on Sam's side, even with a quarterback that scored negative points, Bridgewater unfortunately going out with concussion and an elbow injury really early in this matchup, finishes with negative .1 points. Aside from that, Stephon Diggs with 26 and Marquise Brown with 22. Those are the only players that finished with greater than 20 points. Over on your side, Jake, walk me through this matchup, who you had that performed well and who didn't. Oh, dude, I, oh, I'm looking at the actual score here, and he only won by five. I mean, accidentally having Logan, Tom- Logan Thomas sit at zero, was uh, that was a big problem. I could have streamlined any, any freaking tight end and probably had a better shot, right? It doesn't also help. I have Rashad Bateman out. Uh, that didn't help. <sighs> Sitting Travis Etienne on the bench kind of hurt, but you can see, given my running back situation, why I would have against the opponents I had, especially Detroit. I mean, Damian Harris. Sitting him in there was absolutely optimal, I thought. I actually would have taken him over score overscoring Aaron Jones on the matchup they had based on the Giants' defense alone. So what helped me keep competitive was Mike Williams. Hands down, only reason... I had any competi- uh, any competitive edge. Other than that, Logan Thomas taking the fat zero, the goose egg, um, not having a solid defense, special teams line, Damian Harris getting injured. I mean, that's that's why I lost. I mean, other than that, I mean, even if I just had average days out of everyone and I had a healthy tight end in, I would have won that matchup. But I mean, I can't I can't blame anything else but my own you know negligence, not you know not really catching any of that stuff and. The Damon Harris is just unfortunate, but the tight end situation was something I completely faulted on. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned Travis Etienne, but, I mean, you'd have to make a decision to start him over Aaron Jones, Damian Harris, who had a great matchup with the worst defense in the league in Detroit, or Chris Olave. And you can't predict that your running back is going to get injured really early in that game. So I think the process of, of your roster this week was correct other than the Logan Thomas tight end play. But um, as far as your running backs and wide receivers, you played all the right guys. Uh, just had some unfortunate injury happening to Damon Harris. And there's also some unfortunate injuries over on Sam's side as well. So you both dealt with it this week. And unfortunately it was Sam coming away with a five point victory. I would have loved to take in DeAndre Swift in and put him as a starter instead of Aaron Jones. Um, only for the sheer fact that no one in New England, I mean, obviously being a New England fan, it, it helps to have that you know upside knowledge. But had it been like any normal matchup based on the offense and based on how we've always kind of guarded the run and went um, you know safety deep more, especially t- trying to take out Brown for the Lions there. Having DeAndre Swift just absolutely just massacre the run game would have happened, just like it did Aaron Jones. I mean, you had Aaron Jones get, what, 190 yards on us when we had our match in Lambeau. It's just common. It's a common theme for as good as as good as good our defensive line can be, New England somehow always allows the run to score a decent chunk of yardage. That is exactly the reason I would have loved to have DeAndre Swift not injured and absolutely would have sat Aaron Jones for that matchup. Yeah, I agree. And, I mean, Jamal Williams, the the backup to Swift, he's, I mean, he's a good player, but he's definitely no DeAndre Swift. And had he been ready for this game, I mean, it would have brought a whole different dynamic and really a whole other side of the field that New England would have to prepare for instead of just focusing on their prolific passing game that it was going into the game they'd had to focus a little more on the running game but since swift was out they can kind of focus more on the passing and not so much the rushing but even jamal williams didn't have a very good day so uh the patriots defense just locked it down everywhere and detroit had a, a tough day at the office yeah and, and i mean with with our with our secondary too if we can stop a run i mean like it's not gonna yeah it's not going to matter what Jamal Williams can do because he's he's not a bad running back though. That's the thing. Like for a backup, he's he's great for the Lions organization. Like I think he's great, and 
I don't even care. Like, I got 11 points on the projected 16.3 for Aaron Jones, or 11.3, but I even, even if it's projected, if DeAndre Swift was projected like 3 or 4 lower, if he was only projected like 13 or 12, I would still put him in against New England any day of the week. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you. All right, that wraps up the Week 5 review. The commission moves to 14-6 and six on picks this year. Moving on to the Week 5 transactions, and we had a couple good ones this week. We had Rashad Penny, the Seattle running back, get injured. So there was definitely a fight for the next man up in Seattle, and that is Kenneth Walker. It is Nick using his higher weight <coughs> priority and scoring Kenneth Walker. Joey, realizing that he might need a quarterback in the future, he picks up Geno Smith and also Cam Akers, the running back that Derek dropped earlier this week. Ooh, oof glad to see Derek take some of the advice from Chandler and I of last week and dropping one of his eight running backs picking up DJ Shark and dropping Cam Akers there for Derek on Thursday of last week the commissioner is looking for a tight end and who better to pick up than a quarterback who is tight end eligible yes Taysom Hill is going to be my tight end going forward and hopefully he can continue to have games like he had last week Four touchdowns in a various number of ways. Sam needing some help at quarterback with Teddy Bridgewater getting injured and Dak Prescott still not ready to come back. He goes back to the well with Carson Wentz. He had him earlier in this season, dropped him for Teddy Bridgewater. Now he's picking him back up in the following week. Wentz has actually he's done okay. He's had his ups and downs. Hopefully he can get some better games here going forward. But, Jake, I don't see your name on here for any pickups. What's going on? Well, <laughs> well, I'm figuring out the QB situation. I have a bye week on Derek Carr, so that's going to be a problem. I, I'm not sure. That, so I have Geno Smith in another league, and I'm really, really glad I picked him up because I did have Tua Tagovailoa as my starting QB, and he was doing great, and it obviously got the concussion and all that. But I picked up Geno Smith. So I, I did see some thunder coming out from under – under him there he was very underrated at the time i picked him up just for the sheer thought that hey i can streamline him for a few weeks you know to a comeback whatever but i really actually wanted to pick up geno smith i'm not gonna lie joey got a steal there and i'm pissed but yeah no um i need to find a qb um that's really what i am concerned about the most at this point, because he's on the bye. I'm I'm also facing a, quite a few questionables. I mean, Mike Williams being questionable. Chris Olave, questionable. Rashad Bateman, questionable. Damien Harris, questionable. DeAndre Swift, out and on a bye. Robert Woods on a bye. I mean, like, I, I need to make a QB move first, and then after that, I got to start doing some, some ballsy trades. But, yeah, I haven't done anything yet because I'm not really completely sure. I'm trying to pick up a tight end as well because Logan Thomas is not playing tomorrow. Um, so I'm going to have to just get someone just to skate by and get a few points, hopefully. I, I don't know what else, but I, I do want to add, I want to backtrack. I actually, as much as I want to say, of course you picked up Taysom Hill, being a Saints fan that you are, I really want to shit on it a little bit, but I can't because t- what else does that offense have right now? Like, what is it? what are the Saints doing? Like, what's the deal? Like, who's the most consistent guy on the team? Only Taysom Hill that I know of. Alvin Kamara is decent, but who else? Yeah, I mean, that's that's really it. And they're really looking for Taysom Hill, I'm finding, on on third downs when they're kind of struggling to move the ball through the air. You know, Taysom Hill just brings in a little dynamic. I mean, it's just another thing that defenses have to prepare for. And he's only at quarterback for four to five snaps per game. And he can throw a deep ball, he and he can run it. So, you know, he brings that. He, he's no Lamar Jackson, of course, but he brings that dynamic where defenses have to prepare for it. They're going to the week preparing for Andy Dalton, but they also have to prepare for this other guy who can come in at any moment and burst off an 80-yard run like he did this this last week. You know, and, I mean, his his performance last week was just really incredible. He had... I believe four touchdowns and I think two were passing and two were rushing. He also had a blocked punt 
and he also had the game ceiling block to get that first down so we can go into victory formation. So this guy is just everywhere, and currently he, he is the Saints, quite frankly. Like, we were, we would not have beat the Seattle Seahawks had it not been for Taysom Hill. So happy to pick him up and put him right into my tight end spot. And we play Cincinnati this week, who is a very tough defense. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's Taysom Hill is going to be an interesting matchup to have if you even start him in a league. I, that could go numerous ways, and I'm nervous for you because the Bengals are solid. Yeah, exactly. I, I mean, I definitely have some reservations, but you know, at, at this point, it's it's either him or Kyle Pitts in his six points per game. So. I'll take the possibility of Taysom Hill rushing for a touchdown, passing for a touchdown, catching a touchdown. It can come in a number of ways. So I'll take that over Kyle Pitts. Yeah, honestly, I, I, I would agree. I mean, you got what Mariota throwing to the Falcons offense. He seems to be receiver heavy in his decision making. It doesn't seem to be a tight end, tight end move for him. Yeah, that offense doesn't throw a lot to begin with, but when they do throw, it's either to the running back out of the backfield or it's to a wide receiver. Yeah. And they have San Francisco this week, so no thank you. I saw how the Falcons played against the Buccaneers, really good defense, so no thank you against the 49ers. (laughs) All right, moving on to the Week 6 preview. We are starting off here with I Only Take L's facing when, where, why, what's on trial. ESPN has a 158 to 135 point victory here for Chandler. Going down through the matchups, starting with Derek. He is going with Lamar Jackson at quarterback against the Giants. And Chandler going with Josh Allen against the Chiefs. You know where that one's going. It is Josh Allen, the advantage there all the way. In the running back room, Derek went Kareem Hunt against New England. They shut down the Detroit running game last week. We'll see if they can do it again here against the Browns, Kareem Hunt, and Nick Chubb. His next running back is Raheem Mostert against the Vikings. Raheem Mostert coming off a big week last week, and Derek finally inserting him into his lineup this week against the Vikings. This should be a good matchup here and a good performance from Mostert. Over on Chandler's side, he's got Joe Mixon against New Orleans. A little bit of a tough matchup there. And Saquon Barkley against Baltimore. I'm going to give both advantages here to Chandler's running backs. At wide receiver, Derek going with Tyreek Hill against the Vikings and Chris Godwin against Pittsburgh. Chandler going Justin Jefferson against Miami and Jalen Waddle against the Vikings. I will give a split decision here. I'll give Justin Jefferson to Chandler, but I'll also give Chris Godwin to Derek's side facing Pittsburgh Steelers, which has not been a very good defense. And I can't imagine their offense is going to put up much of a fight against the Buccaneers. At wide receiver tight end, Derek going Brandon Ayuk against the Falcons. Really good matchup there. Hopefully this is a breakout week for Ayuk. Oh, that's going to be a hell of a breakout week. That- you calling it here, Jake? Yeah, absolutely. I, I Ayuk is such an underrated receiver. I will absolutely say that for the rest of the year. For the rest of the year, and then I'll reconsider. <laughs> All right, and over on Chandler's side, it's Devonta Smith going against Dallas. And because of your boat of confidence here, Jake, I'm going to give the advantage to Brandon Ayuk. Let's see if this can be his breakout week here for Derek. At tight ends, Derek's got Mark Andrews, that number two tight end on the season, facing the Giants. Good matchup there for him. And Chandler going Dallas Goddard against Dallas. Advantage here, of course, going to Mark Andrews. In the flex position, Derek going Devin Singletary against the Kansas City Chiefs. Chandler going Brees Hall against Green Bay. Brees Hall, now the number eight running back on the season. Holy cow. Good for you, Chandler, picking him up in the draft. Advantage here going to Brees Hall. And for defense special teams, Derek going the, with the Buccaneers against Pittsburgh. Really great matchup there. And Chandler going Eagles against Dallas. Ooh, I am going to give advantage here to the Buccaneers facing the rookie quarterback in Pittsburgh. Advantage Buccaneers. ESPN has Chandler with a 23-point victory, and I am taking that to win. Jake, any thoughts on this matchup here? I, I think I think Chandler's still going to take it. I don't think it's going to be by 23. I think it'll be by about, like, 5. All right, so you're That's taking it. 
Chandler to win, but not as much as ESPN thinks. It's I just, be. I, I, I just, yeah. So ESPN's gonna say one thing. I just think there's gonna be a regression somewhere in there. At this point in the NFL season, you start to see those regressions in some players. All right, moving on to our next matchup. It is this really is Kayla taking on Sky is the limit, and ESPN projects this to be a very close one. Kayla with 128.8 to Nick's 129.5. That is a 0.7 victory projected by ESPN for Nick. Over on Kayla's side, she's going with Kyla Murray against Seattle. Great matchup here. And Nick going with Patrick Mahomes against Buffalo. I am going to give advantage here to Kyler Murray with the better matchup at running back. Christian McCaffrey against the Rams for Kayla and Melvin Gordon against the Chargers. Nick going with Clyde Edwards Hilaire against Buffalo and Kenneth Walker against Arizona. I'm going to give both running backs to Kayla in this matchup. I'd like to see Kenneth Walker actually do something on Seattle. I do think he's going to get a majority of the work there. But DJ Dallas is also in Seattle, and Pete Carroll likes to mix it up at the running backs when he doesn't have his number one. So I'm kind of curious how it's going to break down there for Kenneth Walker and DJ Dallas. But I think Kenneth Walker is the most prolific running back that they have currently. But both running back advantages here going to Kayla. At wide receiver, she's going with DJ Moore against the Rams and Marvin Jones Jr. against the Colts. Nick going with Cooper Cup and Michael Pittman. I am going both wide receivers on Nick's side in this matchup. For wide receiver tight ends, Kayla going with Amari Cooper against New England. And Nick going Curtis Samuel against Chicago. We saw how it went last week with New England taking away their number one passing option. I think the Browns offense also has the running backs that New England has to contend with. I think that's going to open the door here a little bit for Amari Cooper. I think he's going to have a better day than Amon Ross St. Brown had last week for the Lions. I'm going to take the advantage here with Amari Cooper. At tight end, Kayla going with Pat Fryermuth against the Buccaneers. And Nick going with Zach Ertz against Seattle. I am giving advantage here to Zach Ertz. However, it is important to note Pat Fryermuth is actually the number 10 tight end on the season. That is surprising to me. But uh, good on Kayla to have a number 10 tight end on her roster. At the flex position, Kayla going Ezekiel Elliott against the Eagles. Tough matchup there. He's also the number 34 running back on the season. Not too good for him. Over on Nick's side, he's starting the rookie wide receiver out of Pittsburgh, George Pickens against the Buccaneers. That is a risky move here for Nick. This is a very tough one for me to decide advantage on. Rookie wide receiver, getting passed to by a rookie quarterback against a top three defense in the league versus Zeke Elliott against another top three defense. And he has not done very well this season. I'm going to barely give the advantage here to Zeke. And for the defense special teams, Kayla going with the Jaguars defense against the Colts and Nick going with the Cowboys against the Eagles. The Colts offense has been not very good so far this year, so I am going to give advantage here to the Jaguars defense, who is currently number six on the season. So they're actually a a top 10 defense. Good on them. ESPN had this as a really close game, less than one point victory for Nick, and I am going to take the upset, if I can even call it that. I'll take Kayla to win this game. Our next matchup is the Dawn taking on another one bites the dust. ESPN has a 141 to 138 point victory for Troy in this game. That's three points. At quarterback, Joey's going with Justin Herbert against Denver. Troy going with Tom Brady against Pittsburgh. I will give advantage here to Tom Brady. I just don't think the Steelers defense is that great. And I think this is going to be a big game here for all the wide receivers in Tampa Bay, and Tom Brady going to finally put up a a game that Troy will be really excited about. Advantage here going to Tom Brady and Troy's team. Out running back, Joey going with Jonathan Taylor against Jacksonville. If he's able to play, I think he will. And Miles Sanders against Dallas. Really good matchup there for Miles Sanders. Over on Troy's side, Nick Chubb against New England and J.K. Dobbins against the Giants. 
I don't think that Nick Chubb is going to have the same kind of games that he's been having. He's currently averaging 26 points per game. New England's not going to allow that to happen, but I do think he's going to have a better day than Jonathan Taylor here. So a split decision here going Nick Chubb for Troy and Miles Sanders for Joey. Yeah, I think, honestly, Jonathan Taylor is... I, and this is the thing before I drafted. I mean, everyone was looking at Jonathan Taylor. Oh, Jonathan Taylor. Oh, number one running back. Oh, you know what? He had one good year. I'm not, I am not. I still wouldn't draft him first because I don't trust one year on a running back. I never do. I, I never have. I only played fantasy like five years. So, like, I mean, what is, what is my opinion? But Nick Chubb, absolutely. They're actually at Cleveland, I believe, for this. But, oh, yeah. Nick Chubb's going to have a good day. He's probably going to have, if I were to guess, 80-plus yards. Jonathan Taylor, I don't even think he's going to have much over Jackson. I know it's Jacksonville, but now Jonathan Taylor is a little overrated. I'm going to just say that right now. Well, you say that, and he's currently the number 24 running back on the season, and that is, of course, missing one game. But he is averaging 15 fantasy points per game, and he really hasn't had that true electric game that he's had multiple times last year and what you'd expect from a number one overall draft pick. He hasn't quite brought that to the table yet for Joey's team. But even without that fact, Joey's team is 4-1. and one. So he's yeah. managing even without that. And Miles Sanders is a big reason why. I mean, he's the number 12 running back on the season, and he was one of the last starting running backs off the board in the draft. So a really great pick there for Joey and definitely making up for some of that Jonathan Taylor not fulfilling what was expected by him. I mean, if you see Jonathan Taylor go off and he starts – just the latter half of the year solidifying where he was draft-wise or where he was supposed to be. J- Joey's running back situation is going to be the best in the league. I mean, Jonathan Taylor, the thing for me is, you know, you have you have one good year. You have an explosive year as a running back. Yeah, that's great. You have you average, what, 20, 22 points a game at least, let's say, on average on the year. But, like, if he can't solidify the next year, I mean, what does that, what does that mean for value? Just because he's number one overall doesn't mean he's number, actually number one overall. Right. It is really hard for running backs to duplicate really high performances back-to-back years. You know, it, it's part of my draft philosophy. I'll just say it right now. I I will never take a really a top three running back in in the top three spot the following year. I just think that they're, they're due after a big season like that. They're probably due for some regression. And it's the odds are not very likely that a running back repeats in that manner. So we see it this year with Nick Chubb. He didn't have a very good season last year. I don't know exactly where he finished, but probably in the later top 10, I would say, last year. And he's currently number one running back on the season this year. So no one really expected that. Going back to the wide receivers, Joey going with A.J. Brown against Dallas and Mike Evans against Pittsburgh. Troy going with Jamar Chase against New Orleans and Debo Samuel against Atlanta. I'm going to go a split decision here. A.J. Brown over on Joey's side. That is a tough matchup there, but I do think A.J. Brown's going to get the better of it. And over on Troy's side, Debo Samuel against Falcons. Really good to see him finally arrive to the scene. And Atlanta Falcons defense is not very good. It's going to be a big day for Debo Samuel. A wide receiver tight end. Joey still going with Christian Kirk after a couple of Four performance weeks, he faces the Colts. So hopefully this is a get-right game for him. Over on Troy's side, he is riding Tyler Lockett again after the really nice week last week by him. He takes on the Cardinals defense, which is also not very good. Surprisingly, Tyler Lockett's now the number eight wide receiver on the season. I will give the advantage here to Tyler Lockett in this game. For tight ends, Joey with the number one. Travis Kelsey against Buffalo. Good defense there in Buffalo, but it is not going to matter for Travis Kelsey. Over on Troy's side is Tyler Higby against Carolina. This should be a, a good game here for Tyler Higby as well, but not going to be anywhere near Travis Kelsey's performance this coming week. At the flex, Joey going with Drake London against the 49ers. Tough one there. Over on Troy's side, it is Ramondre Stevenson against the Browns. Going to give the advantage here to Ramondre Stevenson. We stated earlier the door is wide open for him. Should be a big day here for Stevenson against the Browns. And for defenses, Joey going with the Packers against the Jets and Troy going with the Bills against the Chiefs. I am going to take the Bills advantage here in this game. 
I just don't think Kansas City is what they used to be. I don't see a wide receiver on their team that can perform well against a Bills defense that is very good. It is going to be Travis Kelsey all day, and hopefully a Kansas City running back decides to show up. Because otherwise, I think this is going to be a blowout. Wow. You actually think that game's going to be a blowout? I think it's going to be a blowout by the Bills, yes. So you think the Bills, what, what is the spread here? So we got the Bills favored by two and a half points in Kansas City and is a 54-point over-under. I I think this is actually going to hit the under, and I think the Bills are going to win by at least a touchdown and a field goal. I'll call a 10-point victory or more here by the Bills. Yeah, you know, that's not actually a bad a bad prediction. I would say it's got to be double-digit. I know it's at Kansas City, and I know it's at Arrowhead. Whatever doesn't doesn't matter when it's coming to the Bills. The Bills offense is just scary good. Like I mean, you know, you only have like a few big names in there, but that of that offense is just so diverse. It doesn't even matter what the secondary is. It doesn't even matter what the line is on the the Chief side. I think I I would agree ten at least ten. I I would go even thirteen. I'd go thirteen point. Bills will beat them by thirteen points. It'll be. If I had to go the under on the 50-something, was it 52? Then they have them projected. I would say 33-20, Bills. Yeah, I mean, I, I used the word blowout. I guess I didn't really mean a blowout in the in the sense that it's going to be a big victory. I just think it's going to be an ugly game for the Chiefs, and it's going to seem like it is a lot worse for them than it really is. But, yeah, I'm, I'm going to take the Bills by 10 in this but they always And they always have – Chiefs have always had that, like, one or two ugly games – but then I just come back and just absolutely explode it. They always do. So I, if they're going to have one of those bad games, it's going to be that that game right there. It's going to be one of them, at least. Yeah, I mean, I watched the game on Monday night for the Chiefs against the Raiders. And, I mean, the Raiders don't have a very great defense. And if it wasn't for Travis Kelsey, the Raiders had that game in the back. I mean, for whatever reason, oh, yeah. the Raiders just they couldn't tackle Kelsey. They couldn't figure out where he was going to be on the offense. But, like, their receivers didn't do anything. Their running backs did okay. But, you know, when they face a, a really stout defense like the Bills, I don't think they're going to have enough answers. No, I mean, yeah. I, Travis Kelsey was literally a workhorse for that team that day. You know, in the, the matchups, if you've watched Chiefs and Raiders, I, I do love the Raiders as a team besides the Patriots. And no one knows why out of our friends group. No one ever has. But... The Raiders and the Chiefs have always been a pretty good matchup. No matter no matter what who's on their team, they've always put up good points. Beat both sides. So I mean, 29 to 30 was very expected. But Bills? <laughs> I mean, you know, as much as I want to hate on the Bills, I just I can't disrespect the skill that that team has in our division. It's just it's going to be a 13 point lead. 33 to 20, I'm putting I'm putting 20 bucks on it. I like it. I'm right there with you. All right, so ESPN has Troy with the three-point victory in this game, and I am going to take Troy to win in this one, mainly because of Ramondre Stevenson. I think it's going to be a huge game for him, and that's going to really what's going to put Troy over the top here. Our next matchup, we have the Commissioner taking on STST. ESPN is projecting a 140 to a 138-point victory here for Sam. At the quarterback positions, I'm going with Kirk Cousins against Miami, and Sam is going with Carson Wentz against Chicago. This will be very interesting how this Thursday night football game plays out. I think it's going to be along the same lines as last week. It's not going to be a very pretty game here. We have Carson Wentz, his coach, coming out and just putting him in a body bag after last week's game. That's got to be a shot to his confidence. I, I think... Once again, it's going to be a similar game as last week. It's going to be low scoring, not a lot of touchdowns or yards being had by the quarterbacks. I'm going to give advantage here to Kirk Cousins. At the running back position, I'm going with Alvin Kamara against the Bengals and Dalvin Cook against the Dolphins. Sam is going with Najee Harris against the Buccaneers. Tough matchup there. And David Montgomery against the Commanders. I'm going to give both running back advantages here to my team, Kamara and Cook. For wide receivers, I'm going with Cortland Sutton against the Chargers and Gabe Davis against the Chiefs. Sam is going with Stephon Diggs against the Chiefs and Marquise Brown against Seattle. I will get both wide receiver advantages here too. Sam with Stephon Diggs and Marquise Brown. 
for wide receivers, tight ends, I'm going with CeeDee Lamb against the Eagles. And Sam is going with Deontay Johnson against the Buccaneers. I will go CeeDee Lamb on this one. I just think he's proven it so far this year when compared to Deontay Johnson. At tight end, I'm playing a quarterback at tight end. It is Taysom Hill against the Bengals. And Sam is going with David Njoku against New England. I am going to be the homer and take Taysom Hill with the advantage here. At the flex position, I'm going with Jeff Wilson Jr. against the Falcons. Really good matchup there for them. And Sam's going with James Conner against Seattle. It is uncertain whether James Conner is actually going to play in this one. In uh, in a flex spot, he's got a couple of options. He can go James Robinson against the Colts. He can roll the dice with Juju Smith-Schuster against the Bills. I don't think that's the right call there. Uh, He's got George Kittle on his bench against Atlanta. That's probably where I would lean uh, for a flex spot fill-in if James Conner can't go there. But either way, I will give Jeff Wilson the advantage here going up against the Falcons. And for defenses, I'm going with the 49ers against Atlanta. And Sam's going with the Rams against Carolina. And their backup quarterback, I believe it is P.J. Walker, starting this game. Their coach got fired. It is their defensive coordinator as the interim head coach. It should be a good day here for the Rams. But the 49ers defense is stout, and they play Atlanta, which is a great matchup here. I am going to take myself to win in this one as the underdog. Jake, I'd love to hear your thoughts here. Looking at both oh. of these lineups, you're rolling with the commissioner and you're taking Sam. Oh, so here, here's the one thing I want. I want to really honestly like comment on the, you have Gabe Davis on the bills. He has Stephon Diggs on the bills. I already think it's going to be three, three, 22. I've already made that clear. What's what I think is going to happen with these two receivers. They're both not going to get equal workload. One of these receivers is going to have a really big boom day. And the other's not going to see much of the daylight. That's just exactly what's going to happen. They're going to throw. The Bills are going to hit a couple tight ends differently. Uh, maybe even a running back screen, and the running back's going to score. Josh Allen's going to rush a touchdown. Oh, there's only going to be one receiver that's going to go off. Off. Like, I mean, like, it's going to be like 25 plus points at minimum. It's either going to be one of those two. I don't know who it's going to be. And that's my personal opinion because I know once Josh Allen locks in with someone, he's gonna he's gonna lock it into the rest of the game. So he's gonna be one of them. I, I'm gonna be honest with you. I do like Sam's. I do like taking Sam over you by by barely anything. I am gonna take Sam on the matchup, and here's why. So it's not because Najee Harris, but I think David Montgomery's workload going against Dalvin Cook's Miami defense, or the Miami defense, I think he's going to slightly have the advantage. The one thing I want to actually point out is the tight end situation. I know you're taking Taysom Hill over the Cincinnati. I, I think you like that matchup a lot, but I'm going to be honest with you. The Browns are going to figure a way to like kind of crumble, try to crumble the New England defense, and they're probably going to start aiming like midfield to uh, Joku constantly. You know they're going to try to lock up Chubb. The, uh, Bill Belcher's going to know that Nick Chubb's coming out. And... He's literally the number one fantasy scoring running back right now. And yardage, you know, regular season, whatever. Um, Bill Bash is going to shut that shit down quick, right? So what the Browns are going to do is they're going to find some interesting plays to try to get Joku the ball. Uh, they might even get Amari Cooper the ball a little bit. But honestly, I don't I don't like the matchup with Amari Cooper and Jack Jones because I, I think Jack Jones will be covering Amari on defense. But Joku, I think Joku will see the ball more than you think. Um, on uh, Sunday, I think Rams defense is going to swallow the Panthers. Going to swallow them. PJ Walker sucks. I'm sorry, but he sucks. <laughs> like Rams are going to do good with that. The special teams is going to do just as they always do. Easily beat the 49ers. Even though Atlanta's got like an all right offense, they're not good, but they're all right enough to hold up. I don't think the 49ers would do good against Rams D in that line. I think Sam by by. I'm going to take Sam by five. I'm going to take Sam by five overall. Sam by five. All right, I, I can respect it. That's fine. I think Sam does have some good matchups going on here, and I want to say the last time the Bills faced off against Kansas City, it might have been that playoff shootout. I mean, Stephon Diggs just got peppered with targets and catches, so it could be much of the same here, and I do like your call. We both have a, a Bill receiver 
going against the Chiefs here. And I think you're right. I think it might only be enough to go around for one of them. And Stephon Diggs currently averaging 25 points per game compared to Gabe Davis's 15. I mean, if I had money to put down, I would be on Stephon Diggs to break that 25-point margin. So I agree with your call there. I, I'm still going to roll with myself to take the upset in this one just because I'm rolling with Taysom Hill at tight end. I have the faith. He's not going to have the same week he had last week, but I do think he's going to get a touchdown or two in this one. We're, we're going to need him against the Bengals. I, I think the Bengals are going to win this game when it's all said and done, but in order for the Saints to put up a fight, Taysom Hill's going to have to be involved. Yeah, so. and and I, 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 you know, like Taysom Hill's like, a jack of all trades for that team. He really is good at anything he does. I'm not gonna say he's like the best ever, but like to have someone like that in offense, that's that's not even remotely uncommon. That's rare. You don't have someone like that. So I mean, to put him against Joku is it, it just depends if he has his good or bad games. If he sees the if the it, it depends on the defense, really. Actually, the Bengals defense if they shut him down. Marquise Brown actually is one thing I wanted to point out. Now that I'm looking at it. Because the Seahawks, Seahawks have been giving up tons of points. I think Marquise Brown, if he gets targeted the amount he should, he's going to have a good day. Other than that, if he doesn't get targeted, it's not going to matter. But Seahawks defense, I would take Marquise Brown against whoever's covering him on the Seahawks. Yeah, I can agree with that. I mean, in the past four weeks, he's had greater than 10 targets. So, I mean, he's he's definitely kind of arisen as Kyler Murray's number one go-to and, I mean, deservingly so. Marquise Brown's a great receiver. And against the Seattle defense, we saw the Saints be able to tear them apart last week. So I think it's going to be much of the same here for the Cardinals and specifically Marquise Brown with DeAndre Hopkins still on suspension. Moving on to our last matchup, it is Mac Daddy taking on you, Jake. Just a better gaming chair. ESPN is projecting a 127-point victory to... Hannah, to your 91 points, Jake. Can't even break 100 points on the projection. Let's start with the quarterbacks. It is Hannah going with Jalen Hurts against Dallas against Derek Carr. (laughs) Who's on five. (laughs) You do not have a quarterback on your bench. Jake, talk me through this. What's, What's going through your mind here? You don't have a starting quarterback this week. Yeah, um, I'm actually trying to figure out who I want to do if I want to take someone off the waiver or if I want to make a trade last minute. A uh, part of me too. I mean, if I was at a better record than one and four right now, if I was in a winning record, I might have just tanked the bye week. I'm not even gonna lie to you. I have heard of people doing that, so that's like a thing I kind of thought of. But at this point, I'm really trying to consider who I want to pick off the waiver wire just to hold off a spot. I have people on my bench. I have actually one person I am thinking about possibly dropping, but I also have another thing. This is a really, really ballsy call, but no one PPR leagues. You know, Giants D, assuming I'm keeping them at four points through projected points, I could tank and have zero defense special teams in that slot and tank a zero and get a QB to cover in for Derek Carr and hope that a couple players have a better than average, average day. Other than that, yeah, I have no QB. I am at a goose egg right now, so trying to figure that out. Well, you know, I mean, we've seen teams in this league be able to pull off a victory while having a player that goose eggs, or even in Sam's case last week, he got barely negative points from Teddy Bridgewater, but he still came in with a victory. So, I mean, if that's here, you don't you don't have anyone that you want to drop. I mean, that might be the decision you have to go with, and it's still possible to win a game even with that, and even more so the argument is valid for defenses because that is the most common category to get zero or negative points. And the Giants take on Baltimore, who can certainly put up some points yeah. on, on their side. So they they could yeah, get negative points. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. That, that That's kind of like where my mindset is. I mean, I'm not saying I, I've been, like I said earlier, I'm streamlining the, de- streamlining the uh, defense special teams position. I have been so far a good amount of this league so far at the start if i have to take a zero i'm not really concerned because i've had points be at like like the giants i think was once just last week just scored two points what's two points gonna do you know i need to i need a qb regardless like that is way more important if i if i am so dead set 
on keeping Darnell Mooney or Robert Woods than I am, but I, I need a QB. That's more important than my defense special teams for one week. Yeah, and if I can give you in the league a little bit of insight here, and it's something I don't necessarily agree with, but I didn't want to police this. If a player is marked out, you can put them on injured reserve. So this is an opportunity for you, Jake. you got two players who are deemed out already for this week. You can go ahead and put them in your IR slot, and that opens up a bench slot. Hey, Hannah, you hear that? You're getting your ass kicked this week. (laughs) I don't know about that. (laughs) Even with a a quarterback being picked up, say they are projected for 20 points, Hannah's still projected to beat you by 15 at that point. So still going to be an uphill climb for you. Let's get back into the player matchups this week. We started with Jalen Hurts. I think no matter who you pick up, Jalen Hurts is going to have the advantage going against Dallas. Absolutely fair. For the running back, she's going with Austin Eckler coming off with two major games. He now is the number two running back on the season. He faces Denver. She's also got Leonard Fournette against Pittsburgh. He's the number seven running back on the season. You're rolling with Aaron Jones against the Jets. Hopefully that's a good game for him there. And Travis Etienne against the Colts. I am going to give both advantages here to Hannah's running backs, though. At wide receiver, Hannah going with DK Metcalf against Arizona and Elijah Moore against Green Bay. You're going with Terry McLaurin against the Bears and Mike Williams against Denver. I will give both wide receiver advantages here to you, Jake. I think this is going to be the week you've been waiting for with Terry McLaurin taking on the Bears. I don't think this is going to be a very pretty game, but it would not surprise me if Terry McLaurin can come through with one really big touchdown, and that's all the excitement that we see on Thursday night. At wide receiver tight end, Hannah's going with Jacoby Myers against the Browns, and you're going with Rondale Moore against Seattle. I am going to give the advantage here to you, Jake, with Rondale Moore going against Seattle. I think this is going to be a very, very good offensive week overall for the Cardinals. They certainly need it. And what better team to do it against than the terrible Seattle defense? I'll give advantage here (laughs) to you. At tight end, Hannah going with a little bit of a risk with Cole Komet against the Commanders. He's the number 34 tight end on the season, only averaging 3.8 points. Jake, over on your side, Logan Thomas ah! spot in at tight end. He has been deemed out for this week already. What are your plans here? Well, I got to figure out the QB situation first, but I do plan on dropping Logan Thomas and grabbing a replacement tight end. I actually, like, I mean, by drop, I mean I'm actually literally dropping. I'm not streamlining him. I'm dropping him. Yeah, I mean, he's the he's the number 20 tight end on the season, averaging 7.4 points per game certainly better than some tight ends but you're definitely looking for a guy that can can be your tight end week in and week out and someone that's top 10 so i can i can respect that decision for you there at the flex hannah going with zay jones against the colts and jake going with chris olave against the Bengals. chris olave is currently questionable with a concussion but i do think he's going to get back this week I will give the advantage here to you, Jake, with Chris Olave. Uh, Zay Jones against the Colts. Okay matchup there, but he's the number 50 wide receiver on the season and only just under 12 points per game scored. So a little bit of another risky play here by Hannah. At defense, special teams, Hannah going with the Saints defense against the Bengals. And you may or may not have a defense this week, but currently you're rolling with the Giants against Baltimore. You can just tell me Hannah's got advantage. Hannah does have the advantage in this one with the <laughs> just Saints. just tell me now. <laughs> but the Bengals' offensive line has shown some weakness this, this season, and I think the, de- the defense for the Saints will take advantage of Overall, I don't think it's going to be enough for the Saints to win here, but I do think the Saints are going to accumulate uh, enough sacks and maybe a fumble or interception here to at least be serviceable on the defensive side. ESPN is currently projecting a 35-point victory. I imagine this is going to come down once Jake figures out some of your roster situations going on. Either way, Jake, i got to roll with Hannah in this one. I don't blame you, honestly. I'm going to be honest with you. Yeah. No, um, if I have to switch out any receiver, too, I'm not mad about putting Lazard against the Jets at all. Lazard has just shown an increased presence in the Green Bay offense. Once Devonta Adams left, I mean, who does Rodgers have to really throw to? He has Tanyan and Lazard. 
Those are two solid people. Then he has Dylan if he does take some receiving throws. Um, and then Aaron Jones is running back. I mean, Lazard's a no-brainer. I think he's a sleeper. I, I, I'm going to be honest with you. His projection does not show his actual value. Yeah, and I mean, coming off of the loss for Green Bay against the Giants in London last week, I mean, I think the Jets have an opportunity here. And I think the Jets are going to come out, punch the Packers right in the mouth, and it's going to be comeback season for the Green Bay offense, which would mean really good things for Alan Lazard. So I can definitely see the the path for Lazard getting in your lineup. I don't know if it'd be worth starting him over McLaurin, Mike Williams, or Chris Olave. Um, maybe Rondale Moore. That that might be the play to go there. Um, but I definitely agree with you. He's, he's currently number 33 wide receiver on the season. That's Alan Lazard, and he did miss a couple games. So I, I think he is on the rise here, and I think the Jets is a, a good matchup here for him. I honestly firmly disagree with not replacing him with Olave. Actually, so I know the Jets' defense has grown over the years, but that Bengals' defense, I just think that would be Olave's bad game. That might be his down game. I mean, he is questionable, yes, but if if there was a person switch out, it's going to be Olave. I'm keeping Rondell Moore in absolutely against the Seahawks. That is a twenty point game for Rondell Moore. Absolutely, hundred percent. I would put twenty bucks. All right, hot take. Jake has a arrived here on the podcast i i can i can see the point with chris olave we have mike thomas who i think is going to come back this week and much of chris olave's production has come when michael thomas has been out so we haven't really seen it yet when both receivers are on the field so uh who knows who knows what's in store for chris olave but we'll see how it works out for you this week jake i hope it works out well all right, that rounds out the Week 6 preview and moving on to our final segment of the night, and it is the Week 6 Power Rankings. We have some movement on the back half of the rankings and not a whole lot on the front half. Coming in at number 10, it is you, Jake. Coming up from number 8, ESPN has you at number 10. You know what? You know what, Brendan? I'm going to interrupt you. I'm just going to say everyone be praying on my downfall. That's it. <laughs> Everyone praying on the downfall. How does this make you feel, though, Jake? Does it make you want to fight a little bit harder? or I need to fight a little bit harder. I am going to agree, but not just because it says rank 10, because I see a lot of holes in my own team. I know the power, you know, fucking the power ranking that ESPN gives, it's based on what their stat lines are, what they think. It's not based on... It's only based on pure stats, all right? I think they, they don't take into account that the potential of upside, I feel like, for certain players, um, but my team does not have that at all. I, I mean, Chris Olave, Chris Olave's got the most ups, one of the most upsides on my team. Mike Williams, once Keenan Allen comes back, he's gonna, his stocks are going to go down slightly. So, I mean, I have a lot... And I have a lot of questionables... I don't know where Damian Harris is going to go. DeAndre Swift's on a bye. He's also injured. I, I just don't have solid players that are consistent. That's my real issue. But they'd be praying on my downfall. I'd love to make a trade offer right now. Yeah, what do you want? I'll give you Jeff Wilson for Chris Olave. No. What? I'll wow. think about it later. I'll think about it later. I'll think about it later. All right. Fine. All right, moving on to the ra- on on with the rankings we got at number nine. We have STST moving up from number ten, and ESPN also has you at number nine. At number eight is this really is Kayla moving back from number seven, and ESPN also has you at number eight. At number seven, it is myself moving up from the number nine. ESPN moved me all the way up to number six. I don't agree with that. I'll put myself at number seven. At number six, it is the brothers swapping positions here. It is another one bites the dust moving back from number five. And ESPN has you at number five. And at number five for me, it is sky's the limit moving up from number six. And ESPN has you at number seven. And for the last four, it is no change at the top here. We have I only take L's and Derek. At number four, ESPN has you at number two. We have the Don at number three. ESPN has you at number three. And Hannah at number two. ESPN has you at four. And at the tippity top, once again, 
for the fifth week in a row, it is when, where, why, what's on trial, and ESPN still continues to have you at number one. Jake, to round this podcast episode out, I am curious on your thoughts, what your power rankings are. Who do you think is the number one team in the league? It's hard, It's really hard to say no to Chandler. I mean, he does have a solid team. I know he's already number one. I'm looking at it. I'd also, I would also say that, uh, I'd also say that Joey's the number one team contender. Actually, the Don there, I, I think he could be the other one. And some of the power rankings, I, I, I actually all of them for the most part, I do agree with. Given the situation, like where we are in the season, uh, I absolutely agree at number ten that I am at number ten. I, I deserve that spot right now. So if, if anything's gonna make me grind a little bit harder, I mean that's what it is. I mean I need my money. So. Well, at least you're able to recognize that your team's got some holes that you got to fill, and it sounds like you're going to spend some time on the waiver wire this week <laughs> trying to fill those holes. So oh, we'll yeah. see what you can do here against Hannah's team. Uh, I want to thank you for being on the podcast this week, and hopefully we can do this again soon. Oh, I freaking love to, buddy. It's always good to be here and support the podcast and, you know, just uh, lose money in this fantasy league. That's another thing. But, well, yeah. it's all in good fun. Yeah, for sure. No, it's always fun. Always fun. Sometimes. Uh, Unless yeah. you are the second highest scoring team on a week and still lose. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> Oof. Big yikes. All right. Thanks again, Jake. Appreciate you coming on. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Buff Chicks and Panic Picks. Check back next week when we recap week six and preview week seven. Taste some!